Exodus chapter 34. We do see in a series how important it is to, to uh, catch the messages each Lord's Day because they, they seem to uh, connect together keep in mind the previous messages to understand the, the uh, ensuing ones. Chapter 34, verse 20, um, 20, 28 and following. Moses is now the second time up on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. Grab to have been a miracle because it says he didn't eat or drink. So we understand that that's a unique situation. <clears throat> it wasn't a forced fast, but it was, I suppose, he was so busy, so enraptured in the Lord's presence that he didn't have any more appetite. So his soul was being filled. Verse 28. Oh. These Facebooks. Chapter 34 of Exodus, beginning with verse 28. And Moses was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables of the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand when he came down from the mount that Moses wist not, he knew not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come nigh him. Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. So you see that this was a regular occurrence, not just a one-time thing. And the children of Israel saw that the face of Moses, and the children of Israel saw the face of Moses that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. And earlier we read together in 2 Corinthians a commentary on Exodus 34, 2 Corinthians 3. One of the reasons why Moses put a veil on was not just because the fear of the people, the shock of the glow of his face, but he was concerned that the fading of that glow would be received as a negative influence uh, and then Paul says in our day 
we all with open face. See, Moses uh, put a veil on when he went before the people, took it off when he went before the Lord, but we're not to put a veil on when we go before each other and before the world. With open face, unveiled face, we all, it shouldn't just be some of us, we all, all true believers, will behold the glory of the Lord and be changed into His image from glory to glory, one stage of glory to another, even as by the Spirit of the Lord and the Spirit who is the Lord, that would be, the Lord would be a renaming of Spirit. And that's one of the texts that indicate that the Spirit is God as well as the Son and the Father. This morning I'd like us to consider the subject, the reflection of God's glory in the face of of Moses. What is the point, or what are the points that we are to learn in our day? Not just that Moses' face shone, but what is that to teach us? Now, what a difference between the last time Moses came down the mountain and now. The last time that Moses came down the mountain, his face glowed red. Red hot with anger because of the idolatry of the people when they worshiped the golden calf. Now his face was glowing white. Perhaps we might say white doesn't tell us the color, but it was probably very bright. But it was now a face that, that shone with awe, not with anger. What a fear of the Lord that he had experienced. What a fellowship with God. It says that the skin of Moses' face shined, shone. It's an interesting word. It's only used three times, this word, to shine. It, interestingly, how do we, how do we uh, view this? The, the root word is horn. So the only other time in, in verses 29 and 30 and 31 or 35 that it's used it's used in Psalm 69:31, an ox or a bullock that hath horns, <laughs> that grow horns. So literally, Moses' face grew horns. I cannot, I cannot paint that picture. But, you know, we think of a 3D situation where if someone's face is glowing, it, like there were protruding horns. I, I, it, that's what the word is. And that's... And if you look at the noun, the noun is almost always translated horn. Whether it be the horns of the altar or the horns of an animal. But it literally says his face was growing horns or grew horns. So whether we should visualize that, but the point is it's protruding. It, it was shining. That's, that's probably the main idea. It wasn't just kind of a painted thing. It was something that was glowing from his face and it was probably somewhat blinding to the people and the interesting thing is you think if your face is glowing and shining that it might even blind your eyes but he didn't even know that was happening but what a what a i mean what an application when you spend time with the lord you shouldn't parade it no one does unlike the pharisees who are supposedly spending time with the lord but they wanted everybody to know that they had done it. They prayed on the street corners. They, they uh, wanted people to know that they were spiritual. But true spiritual people don't parade it. 
you don't have to you don't have to parade it. It's it's there. You let your light shine before men. When God changes your character, people will notice it. And um, in a sense, we won't notice it. Although you might say, well, in t- ten years later, well, I think I'm a little bit more patient than I was ten years ago. But a true believer is humble in his growth and humble in his godliness. But it's interesting that if you expose yourself to the, the, the sun, your skin darkens. But when you expose yourself to the Lord, your skin lightens. It's just an interesting uh, contrast. But we might, again, the application is the Spirit, the Lord brightens your soul when you spend time with Him. How else could you? And there are verses that indicate that. David prayed, Lord, make your face shine upon me. He didn't mean, you know, give me light. He meant, Lord, I need your fellowship. I need your truth. I need communion with you. It was the result of spending time with God for 40 days and 40 nights that Moses' face shone. But may I say, it wasn't just his face that shone, his his character was changed even more. We might say like with Job, he was a good man, but he became, became a better man. And there's always room for growth for every single one of us. Which one of us is say, can say, I'm as, I'm as grown as I can be as a believer. I'm as tall and I'm as, I'm as deep, as spiritual as I ought to be. We have to all say, I'm just beginning to grow, can't we not? Paul would say something like that with, with, to the people that he wrote, that I have not fully comprehended and apprehended Christ. He knew he had much room for growth. You know, we have heard the expression, I don't know how truthful it is, you are what you eat. I suppose that's the case. Uh, if It's true, if I eat potato chips, I get pimples. I mean, it's, it's true. And so I, I need to be careful about those kinds of things. But it's interesting that, I'm not going to say what country, but a, a foreigner, when they met Americans, they said, you smell like milk. I guess we drink a lot of milk. Well, um, so in a sense, we are what we eat. But you know what this passage is telling us? And there's a certain truth to this. We are what we look at. Isn't it so? You are what you look at. I mean, you look at the face, for instance, of sports fanatics, and there's a certain face that you they're just occupied. And I'm not saying anything negative or positive about it, but there's a certain face that people might have who are video gamers or moviegoers or, especially negatively speaking, pornographic addiction. There are, there's, you, you, can, you can tell even sometimes by the countenance what a person's been viewing, what a person's been, um, been, been habitually seeing or doing. And here it tells us that, that Moses was viewing the Lord and his face shone. And Paul talks about that. He spiritualizes it. He says, beholding the glory of the Lord, we are changed. So what he's saying is by simply looking at the Lord, and he's not talking about something surface, by fellowshipping with the Lord, by, by, by reading His Word, by talking to Him, by communing with Him, that's how we're changed. It's not automatic every day. It's, it's by communing with God. In other words, we grow by communing with God. It's as simple as that. If we're not reading our Bible, if we're not praying, 
we're not going to behold, we're not going to grow, we're not going to be changed from glory to glory. What does that mean? Change from glory to glory. Well, it means grow. The word change is an interesting word, metamorphosis. And you know what that word is, how we use it today. Now, Paul wasn't thinking about caterpillars and butterflies when he said that, that by beholding the glory of the Lord were metamorphosized into His image and changed from glory to glory. It was, it was others that, that used the word of metamorphosis that, that Paul used in 2 Corinthians 3. But it's saying as we look at the Lord and spend time with Him and talk with Him, that's what it says here, Moses talked with God. And, he, he, and he's writing this, it's my fellowship with God that caused my face to flow, to, to glow. And it, was, it wasn't some paint, it wasn't some, uh, something I did to, to, to uh, make people think about me. It was, it was that they thought about the Lord. And you know, what, an, what a tremendous illustration it is in the Song of Solomon. You know the Song of Solomon uses the moon as a picture of the church. And the moon has no light of its own. It's as cold as ice, isn't it? Or colder. What gives the moon its glow? It's, its glory. When you see the moon shining with a full moon, where's that light coming from? It's coming from the sun. It's a reflection. And that's my first thought this morning. If the reflection of God's glory was so bright, what must the radiance of God's glory be? And just like you look at the moon and, you say, and we often say, wow, it's really bright and shining. No, what, we're really gonna, what we really should say, it's really reflecting brightly. The sun which is so bright and radiant. And that's what should be taught when when people see the Lord in us, they shouldn't think, wow, you're a spiritual person. They should just think, if the reflection of God, if your goodness and kindness and love and patience and the fruit of the Spirit is being seen by people, what must the Lord be like? Infinitely good, infinitely kind, infinitely patient, infinitely uh, just. If the sun's rays blind the eyes, and where we taught that from the very beginning, I was such a rebel. Whenever something taught me something not to do, I always wanted to do it. My mother didn't want me to go near the road. So where did I go? Near the road. And I remember people saying, don't look directly in the sun. And I remember as a kid doing this. And then, you know, I, I wonder how many seconds before I can see. And I would do it again. What a fool I was. And I wonder if that's why I need to wear gla- needed to wear glasses so young. But that's the rebel in, in me. And maybe you think you have a little rebel in you too, but was there anything like that with you? Well, maybe not. But, but we're all sinners. We, ad- we admit that, do we not? But the Lord said to Moses when He asked him in the last chapter, Show me your glory. Thou canst not see My face. No man can see me and live. God had to only show the back of Himself. He said, I'll put you in the fissure of a stone. And I walked by. And basically the Lord was shadowing. If Moses had seen the... And again, God has no body. But He's so glorious. And Moses wanted just to see even what He could. And then what the, you know what the Lord, how He described Himself to Moses? Not in a, as a shining, but goodness, mercy, Love, 
In other words, those were the, that's the radiance of God, His character, His being. When we say, who is God? What is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in His being, and wisdom, and power, and holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Those are the, 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 the horns, if we might say, the glory, the protrusions of God's character. And they are glorious. And it was His glory that that shone at night, that kept them warm in the wilderness. And then He had the shadow during the day that kept them cool. But you know, it says of Jesus, His face did shine as the sun on the Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew 17.2 Remember Revelation 1, John saw Jesus' countenance as the sun shining in its strength. In other words, John and Paul were saying that Jesus, or John and Matthew were saying that Jesus is God. Jesus is the God that Moses saw. And we know the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are equally glorious. Equal in, what, is it, what do we say again? That, that, that uh, equal in power and glory. Same in substance. And equal in power and glory. Paul saw the Lord, you remember, at noontime. And at noontime was, was the brightness of that sun in the Near East. And you know what he says? And it was, a, it was a clear day. He said, I saw a light above the glory of the noonday sun. In other words, he was seeing the shining of God's glory that struck him off his high horse. And humbled his pride, and God it could have just, like the sun could, just uh, sizzle someone in, in a moment. And and the Lord meant to save Paul in a moment by His glory. Can you imagine a light above the the time of day that the sun is its brightest? In other words, God made the sun. The Creator of the sun has to be infinitely more glorious than that orb. So is the glory of God. The Bible says in the new heavens and the new earth there will be no need of the sun. Isn't that amazing? No need of the sun. I don't know if that means that there's going to be a sun we're going to be reminded it's just a, just a star. And He just made the stars. It's a star, but it's a glorious star. But such is going to be the new heavens and the new earth. It's the Lord that's going to shine and cause us to see the new heaven and the new earth. So is the Gospel. The light shines out of darkness and dispels our darkness. And when Jesus came, Matthew tells us it was a fulfillment of Isaiah. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. So to receive Christ in the Gospel is to receive the warmth of His light and fire. When He says, come to the light, it is shining for thee. But to reject the Gospel is to have the sun consume us. It says that our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12. We sang earlier, Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. That's what Hebrews 1, 3 tells us. He's not the reflection. Moses had a reflection of God's glory. Jesus does not have a reflection of God's glory. He 
has what Hebrews tells us. He's the brightness of God's glory. In other words, he's, he has the glory of God. He is God glorious. And the second thing that Hebrews tells us is that he's the express image of his person. That is, he's the character, literally, of his essence. Paul, if he's the writer of Hebrews, is saying Jesus is indeed the glorious God, the glorious Christ of the Gospel. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, how glorious they are. If only we would just see a glimpse of His glory each, each day. We should pray again, Lord, be merciful to us and bless us and cause Thy face to shine upon us. And secondly, we shall be saved. And the second thought is that the effect of, of Moses being with the Lord, spending time with the Lord, brightens the soul. It's not now the skin. That, that was a unique illustration. The point of that illustration is that by seeking and spending time with God, that our lives are changed, that we're converted. He didn't know that his face shone. Aaron, the people sure did, didn't they? And isn't that a picture of salvation? How so often a person is converted and then when they go home, their, their, their family recognizes, their, their, their countenance is changed. Their language has changed. Their, their manner has changed. Their character has changed. Oh, how the Lord changes us. What I'm trying to say is Moses wasn't saved at this point. But Moses was a sinner that needed to be saved. And when God appeared to him at the burning bush, perhaps he was saved earlier than that, the point of the matter is until God meets with us, until we meet with God, we'll never be converted. A person is converted when God meets him with salvation and shines his face upon us and dispels the darkness of our sins. Right? And then it says, And the Lord spake with Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. You see, sin darkens the soul and separates us from God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Men love darkness rather than light. For their deeds are evil, John 3.19. Jesus spoke, I am the light of the world. He that followeth Me shall not walk in darkness. In other words, no longer walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. Moses needed salvation before he could commune with God. He was a sinner saved by grace. I love the words of Malachi. Jesus is called the S-U-N of righteousness. Jesus is the Son of Righteousness who arises with healing in His wings to all those who fear Him, it says. Do you fear the Lord? Do you need the Lord? He is the Son of Righteousness. He's the one that causes you to be righteous with God. He's the one that saves your soul and dispels the darkness of sin and brings in the light of the Gospel, the light of a new nature. So we need no veil with people. What people need to see is that we've spent time with the Lord. That we've been converted. We ought not to hide what God has wrought by our drawing near to Him. People need to see the love of God in us. The care of God. The truth of God. The wisdom of God. The justice of God. 
They need to see we've no longer been, been focusing on temporal things. The things of this world that are passing away. But that we have looked at the Lord. Look and live, the Bible teaches. Right? right what does Isaiah say? Look unto me and be ye saved, saith the Lord of hosts. People need to see that it's the Lord that changes the life. That we're not to be dominated by all the gaming and all the lusts and all the things of this world. But we are to be dominated by the presence of God and fellowship with God. That's what people need. Life is short. Eternity is long. And people need to see Jesus in us. What did Paul say? We are living epistles known and read of all men. What are they reading? What are they hearing from us? That we're dominated by sports, by movies, by video games, by all the things that are idols, become idols in this world. I'm not saying necessarily anything altogether negative about sports and videos, but our young people and our older people are dominated by these things. You look on Facebook and it's all about this and that. Where do you see the glory of God and mentions of, I've spent time with the Lord in the mount. God's changed my life. There are some. And what a shining light that is. There's a a brother that went to school with our, our kids at Central. His name is, is uh, Nate. Nate uh, Irving and his, his wife, uh, Tracy. He's constantly putting on things about the Lord and about the Reformation. He's, his life has been changed. He's growing. He's, he's a, an elder in their church down in Texas. It's a Reformed Baptist church. What a thrill to see the Lord exuding from this man and his family in His church. Oh, to see all of our young people come to that point where they're exuding the Lord. They're shining because they've spent time with God. That's what people need to see. They're used to all the other lusts and idols of this world. Thirdly, we need to be reminded again that the shining of Moses' face was an illustration of a Christian's growing, being changed, and more and more like Christ. You see, Moses' face faded. He had to go back with God, not always up the mount, because the Bible tells us God's presence went down to the tabernacle. And so when he went, when he went into the tabernacle and communed with God, that's what it says in Exodus 34, that whenever he went to Lord, the Lord to to speak with him, he took the veil off. And the idea is, it was, it was continual. If he didn't meet with the Lord, the glory faded. And what is that saying to you and me? We can't rest on yesterday's communion with God. We can't just say, well, I was saved ten years ago. But we need to be with God every day. Because last week's or yesterday's glow has faded. The shine fades. And Paul seems to recognize that idea when he says that that Moses was concerned. um, Well, we were back in in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. There's a strange statement in verse 13. 
Not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. That's a, that's a, that's a real mind challenger. I think at least one thing is said. Moses was concerned that he would wait. You know, he, he, didn't, he put a veil over his face because he didn't, it wasn't so much that he didn't want to see them to see the shining. He didn't want them to see the fading. You see what he's saying in verse 13. He was concerned that the fading would give a false impression to the people, that a false impression of God, a false impression of, of the truth. And so he waited, as it were, until the shine was gone. I suppose we can conclude when he took the veil off. But there's an application here, too, that we... Paul says, but we all with an open face, we need to show people that God is with us and God is in us. Not, again, as a parading thing, but people need to see not a veil, not the world reflected in our face, not idolatry reflected in our face. They need to see the Lord reflected in our countenance, in our character, in our lives. Moses, if Moses needed constant fellowship with God to keep growing, how much more do you and how much more do I? We need to get alone with God and pray, Lord, let me see in this glass of Your Word, in the glass of the Gospel, who I am. I'm a sinner saved by grace. That I need daily forgiveness. I need the blood of Christ every day. Lord, I need the fruit of the Spirit filling me every day. I need to be changed, Lord. I need to be metamorphosized. I need to grow in grace. From glory to glory means from one stage of glory to the next. In other words, it's teaching progressive sanctification in this text. Growing from an infant spiritually to a child, to a young adult, to an adult in the Lord. As we heard old saints hold saint pray Lord make me as holy as a pardoned sinner can be but that takes place day by day by day by day and the world needs to see the shining of Christ's likeness in us the certain effect of spending time with the Lord that causes fruit how do we get love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control by spending time with the Lord. Character improvement, increase of the knowledge of God and selfless love. But you know, there are times you can actually see it in someone's face. There's an interesting proverb in Ecclesiastes. Chapter 8 and verse 1, a man's wisdom makes his face to shine. I don't know if, if, if Solomon was talking about character or actually was talking about the skin there or maybe both at times. But I told you that illustration of Jonathan Goforth and I bring it to us again. He was a missionary to China and he came home. He, he, had, he had retired and he, got, he became blind. And they had a gathering for him for his return home from the mission field. Couldn't see anyone. He could talk, he could hear. But he had a, a son-in-law in, 
in the audience in, in, the, in the house that was backslidden. He'd been away from the Lord for a long time. And his son-in-law declares that he saw a glow in his father-in-law's face that was enough to rebuke him of his, of his impenitence, of his backslidden condition. He declares he got, simply, he got right with God simply by looking at his father-in-law's face. Indeed, that can happen. But only because Jonathan Goforth walked with God. May God help us to walk with Him, talk with Him, that Christ's likeness would shine. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That they can see if yours is a reflection of your Father, how much radiance must your Father have and possess. Moses needed continual communing with God. And the fading of the glory revealed his finiteness, his need of growth. So it is with you and me. We're but moons that reflect the sun. But oh, may we not have cold hearts. May God help us to reflect the Lord in this life to a people that are so living in darkness and sin that need to see the light of the Gospel of Christ as we preach His Word and as we live out His Word as living examples and epistles, letters that they know and they can read. And they can see there's a God in heaven that's glorious. If the reflection is glorious, how much more must be the 